Triple M rocks the NRL 24-7 through the Triple M app. Thanks to Ream. Steady, hot and strong. Install a Ream. So many great moments. Oh, here we go. So many thrills. So many spills. Triple M is proud to present MG's Rugby League Rundown. This is it. 2150 v 2750. It's the Battle of the West. The Kings of the 80s, the Parramatta Eels taking on the Kings of today. The Penrith Panthers MG Grand Final Week has arrived. Yeah, well said. They were the Kings of yesterday. They were our big brothers because they come in in 1947, the Eels, and 20 years later, the, Param- the Penrith Panthers came into the competition, and we watched we watched them with just awe, especially through their 80s, 81, 82, 83, uh, 86, and we tried to be them. We tried to be them. Now I think the shoe's on the other foot, and Sunday night, they can be like us if, if they prevail. This is going to be one of them grand finals. Look, COVID is gone. Full full house. There's people in the streets with on their bikes, on their scooters, walking to the park with their jerseys on. You can feel it. For once in three years, you can feel the grand final. <laughs> it just happens to be a battle of the West, baby. <laughs> the heartbeat of rugby league is beating strong in Western Sydney all this week. And on Sunday, in front of a sold-out crowd at Acor Stadium, it is going to be absolutely nuts. MG, you're obviously a, a former premiership winner with the Panthers back in 1991. We're going to be joined by a bloke who was one of the last players to hold aloft the trophy for the Parramatta Eels. The one and only Peter Sterling is going to jump wow. on with us today. Sterling, 1986, the Clive Ch- the last pl- Parramatta player to win a Clive Churchill in 1986, that, that 4-2 scoreline. That team of theirs, I mean, Kenny Cronin, Price Sterling, um, all were members of the 81, 82, 83, mm. 86 grand final winners. I mean, they, they were formidable. They were fantastic. And mm. that's Sterlo who has been uh, in a bit of retirement for the last 12 months. Um, I can't wait to talk to him. I, I miss He's been voice. a recluse. He's been hiding yes. away. We actually, He's been a bit, we, a bit of plug a locket about him. <laughs> producer Charlie has refused to tell us where he is. He's just told Mark. us, I've got him, Yep. but I can't tell you where he is. It's like the old radio fugitive game. Um, so anyway, <laughs> Sterlo's going to join us. And we've also got the critter. Stephen Crichton's going to join us to oh, chat yep. about what life is like inside uh, inside Panthers camp this week. So l- lots to get to. Can we just, for a moment, MG, uh, take us into take us into your world right now. You're the king of the West. You're the mayor of Penrith. <sighs> uh, hey, like, what, is, what is life like right now for you? I, I need a phone charger that lasts longer than half an hour. Um, <laughs> my phone has blown up since Monday. I have... I've, uh, okay, I'll talk you through my, what's going on in my life. I've got, a, I've got a nerve in my elbow that is rubbing up against the bone, oh. which is giving me 24-7 pain. Oh, no. I haven't been able to take painkillers because I've got to speak on radio and I've got to talk <laughs> to reporters. I've just come back from getting a tooth filled. And I can hardly talk out of my mouth. So <laughs> please forgive me. If I slur a couple of words, because you know, I've, I've still got, I've still got a needle in my tooth. My phone didn't stop. It's, I've had twenty text messages in the last minute. I mean, I didn't oh. know there was that many radio stations in Australia. You know what they say, mate. No one gets to this time of the year one hundred percent fit. Everybody's no, that's walking wounded. Very true. Even, very true. Even you. Even you. It's been a it's long, been, hard year. It's been awesome, Liam. Look, look the last in in twenty twenty, um, obviously COVID and and Melbourne beat Penrith. Last year, they won the comp up there. We didn't get a chance to celebrate with the boys this Sunday night. Um, I think 
rain, hail or shine, whatever may happen, I think the club's going to be packed. And we just want to get to these players and say, well done for the last three years. If, if you win, they'll go down as one of the, the best teams, I think, in the modern era. I think that, you know, it's so hard to go back to back. The Roosters were the last to do it. And there was a, the, there's a reason there was a big gap before the Roosters because it's, it's so bloody hard. Mm. So this team deserves every accolade they get. If they don't happen to win, well, still a great team. Still a great team. And the, and the people of Penrith love them to death. And I just love the fact that our neighbours, our big brothers, once big brothers are knocking on the door to try and take away the silverware. It's, it's the match made in heaven for the NRL. I text you and producer Charlie on Saturday night uh, just before halftime of yes, the Bunnies-Panthers game because I'd gone back and listened to a podcast, an episode <laughs> of the rundown we did about a month ago where I walked, and people will remember this because it was um, it was podcast magic, but I walked you through the <laughs> finals as the bosses of the game wanted to have it. They Volandis and Abdo had sent me the email and they said, this is how it's going to play out. And yep. they told me that it was going to be a Bunnies Parramatta Eels Grand Final. And your response at the time was, off. I, will, I will walk backwards from from Gold Coast naked if that's and the case. And then there we were, oh moments God. before half time with yeah. the Bunnies leading 12 to 6, and then Brian Toto does what Brian Toto does, and it was all uh, it was all over by the sh- all over by the shouting. That, was, that, was, a, that was the turning point. That was yeah. That was the turning point. Everyone's saying that the Tony Milne high shot was, but nah. they were down 26 12 at that stage, and you could you could physically see the Rabbitohs players dropped their heads when mm-hmm. Toto scored that try. So we had him. Yeah. Kemble Graham takes that ball. It's kind of like the, the Titans moment the year before. If he takes that ball, he probably goes through and offloads or he, he scores himself. So that was a major turning yeah. point uh, in that game and uh, one they never come back from. But now we have this matchup. And I just want to walk. We are going to – Peter Sterling is standing by from an undisclosed location in the Pacific <laughs> somewhere, MJ. We're going to get to him very shortly. But let's just walk through the matchup of these two teams this year alone, right? Yep. Round nine, Eels, 22 to 20 winners. It was the Panthers' first loss of the season, and Junior Ballow was unbelievable. Borderline Wrecking unstoppable ball. in this game. Wrecking ball, yep. He was awesome. And then they go their separate ways. They have their separate seasons. And then we get to round 20, and the Panthers still have only got one loss to this stage of the season. And then they take on the Eels again. This one's at Combank Stadium. This is the Nathan Cleary game. This is 18 minutes in. Cleary gets set off for a lifting tackle on Dylan Brown. Eels get the job done 34-10. to 10. Panthers obviously only playing with 12 men. But once again, MG, it was Junior Ballow whose numbers were... The Panthers forwards seem to have difficulty stopping this man. Yeah, well, he's, he seems to like playing against Penrith. He seems mm. to like playing against Penrith. And, and, and that goes, you know, on this Sunday when he, ta- he comes up against Fisher-Harris. What, what, a, what a contest. Now... You, if you looked at those regular season results, you would say, mm. Eels could probably be favourites. But then we get to finals week one, and it was like the Panthers shifted through the gears 27 to 8, and it was the Nathan Cleary show. He came back from a five week layoff from that hit you just spoke about with Dylan Brown, and most players come back a little bit groggy as far as the fitness goes and timing goes. And he, he actually looked better than he did when he got <laughs> suspended. I don't know. The kid is just a professional. The kid is—he's just—and I call him a kid because he is a kid. He is just such a supreme athlete. Um, He—he doesn't leave any stone unturned, and uh, he's the first one out there. He's the last one to leave, and that's what makes champions. And uh, yeah, look, it's—I really think that the the forward packs will cancel each other out this Sunday. I I really think it's going to come down to how Mitchell Moses takes on Nathan Cleary. 
I really think it's going to be Adam too. I, I, and how much pressure Parramatta put on Nathan Cleary's kicking game? Because if he if he's allowed to kick at will, and especially the Waka Blake's wing, well, I, I, I fear for Parra. Well, but the Cowboys, even though they lost that game, they showed Penrith what can happen to Mitchell Moses' kicking game if you get to him. Because he put a couple out on the full. He put a yeah. couple into touch. What I loved in about that... that game, Liam, while we're on it, what I loved about that game from Parramatta was their defensive their oh, yeah. defensive efforts. That was their best defensive game of the year. And I'm thinking that's going to, they're going to be buoyed by that because they went up to the Cow, Cowboys, day of the game, they didn't get climatised. They they basically went into a a furnace, literally. <laughs> Mitchell Moses had just been to the funeral of his grandmother that week, uh, Benny Elias's mother Barbara, who was his grandmum. Um, he, his his wife was supposed to go into uh, the hospital a week after he got back from Townsville. She went to labour as he was on the plane. He, he landed in, in in Townsville, watched the the birth of the baby oh, um, via via you know FaceTime, and then Brad Arthur said, "What well, get back?" He said, "Mate, I'm, I'm here to win the game," and that for me is a little flick that switched for for, for Mitchell Moses. Yeah. Yep. Well, speaking of Mitchell Moses, he's the man who who could dictate the result of this game. Let's let's now go to a man who dictated the result of four oh, yeah. Parramatta Eels premierships back in the eighties. This bloke at the heartbeat of it with just a fantastic bunch of players alongside him. Four premiership wins, the last one coming in 1986. It was the last time the Eels have lifted the trophy. 4-2, the final scoreline. One for the purists. He walked away with the Clive Churchill medal. Peter Maxwell, John Sterling. Sterling, how are you? (laughs) Well, I was was flying it. Till about halfway through that introduction, and you kept saying the last time, the last time, and <laughs> reminding us of all of those days ago. But uh, no, wonderful. Uh, obviously, very excited. Great week for everybody involved, and uh, really looking forward to, to what the boys can produce on Sunday night against a, another great football team. So, uh, yeah, it's a wonderful time of the year, isn't it? Still, I know you're travelling around on your little um, getaway, uh, for you, enjoying retirement, um, but you wouldn't have seen today's Telegraph. On the back page of the paper, it's basically a picture of yourself and Mitchell Moses. Um, and just saying, and Mitchell's really up front, and he's, it was a really good interview from him. He said that he had a few text messages this week from uh, ex-para players, and in particular, in particular yourself. Um, that was nice of you to reach out to him. Oh, we've, we've sort of, uh, you know, I don't, I don't involve myself too much, but... Yeah, sort of, you know, through the last couple of seasons, just sent along the best wishes and uh, obviously told him how, how proud I was and happy for him that, um, you know, he'd achieved what he has so far and um, and just just to keep focus on what was coming on Sunday. Like, what a couple of weeks that boy has had or that man has had. Um, you know, it's uh, it's a huge decision to forgo the birth of your first child to, to play in a football game and that, you know, puts things in perspective and... Um, you know, I, I, I think he's in wonderful form. He's been a wonderful player for the last couple of years. And I think maybe he can, uh, for those critics that still are out there, uh, I think he can put a lot of them to bed on Sunday night if he can just come up with another one of his performances. Sterlo, MG just alluded to the fact that you're on a bit of a, a, a bit of a getaway tour, Katrina Roundtree styles. Where are you at the moment exactly? Um, I'm in a little, on a little island called Atataki in the Cook Islands. And I just want to run something by. You can do me a favour, MG. Uh, we've crossed the international date line. So um, <laughs> I was wondering if you could get 
get the lotto numbers for me Wednesday night because <laughs> I'll get them on Tuesday and I'm happy to go halves. I've actually got a, I've got a few tips today for the, the local races. I've got an almanac, so, yeah, let's go halves. Beautiful. So, uh, are, 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 now, uh, this might sound like a silly question. Are you coming back for the game? Yes, flying in Saturday night. Um, had arranged that to, to be the case, so I've timed it beautifully. Um, although, you know, I do miss the, the hype and that of being um, around the area and that during the week of a grand final. But, uh, no, Selena and I are, are away and have taken – you know, plenty of opportunities through this season to, to get overseas, but certainly wanted to be there for the last day. And and I'm really excited because I can already hear the worry and trepidation in MG's voice <laughs> being a, a, a Penny Panther. Um, I, mate, he's on tenderhooks. I, I think he can see what's coming. Look, if I'm honest, I don't know, some sense of destiny for this Parramatta team. Oh, no. I just think that they are... They are. Oh, look, the game against the Cowboys last week was was paramount. Their defence was great. I, I they're behind by twenty two points to twelve, and they come back and won. That's that's unlike Parramatta at this time of year. So, oh, look, don't you, you use reverse psychology <laughs> on us. They are a good team. They are a bloody good team, and the, the team they're playing still. I, I think both four packs um, are the first and second best team four packs in the competition. But um, once they bash each other up, then it's down to the sixes and the sevens, and they're both formidable. Yeah, I, I, look, I, I really like what um, Parramatta have done in the last few weeks. They've been able to find different ways to win. Overcame the disappointment of getting beaten by Penrith in, in week one of the finals. Uh, you know, and they were in that contest for the, for an hour before things got away from them. But then to come up against the Canberra side that were really on a roll and to put them to the sword and to do it pretty early on mm. um, and then follow that up a week later and having to do it in completely different against the Cowboys side that got away to that lead you were talking about. Um, you know, away from home, humid conditions up there. The Cowboys have been fantastic all season at, at home. So I, I, I like the fact that they're coming in on a couple of different type of victories, but a, a couple of real confident builders all the same. Stello, I, I don't mean to harp on the fact, but it has been 36 years since the Eagles last won the comp. You obviously played in that last game, but can you put it into words what that drought has been like for those diehard supporters and, and for the people, you know, the players and the coaches and those people that live and breathe the blue and gold. What what has that drought been like to live through? Well, you think of that gap of 36 years and how many Parramatta supporters have never seen Parramatta win a, a grand true. final. Yeah, so it's, um, you know, it's an, it's an unwanted record. Um, obviously, you know, it's been a millstone around our neck and I, I think that our players have handled it really well that they acknowledge that that is the case. But, you know, again, none of these players playing were, were even born when, um, when we won the last title. So it's not as though they're, they're exactly sort of you know, tainted by it as such. They're just going out to do their best, but they know the scenario around it and they know the narrative. But for our fans, you know, they, you know they're the best in, in the competition. They're the best in, in the rugby league world because they stick solid. Yes, they can be critical and they've got every right to be. But, you know, they've been through some hard times, but they keep fronting up. And I think this all-West grand final, it's... Oh, yeah. Oh. yeah they could fill the stadium a, half a dozen times over. <laughs> um, yeah. you know, it's just, you know, to think that these two clubs that, you know, are so strong, have not met in a grand final. In fact, have rarely met in finals football at all. To finally come together after so many years where maybe one was going well, but the other wasn't. You know, it's only been the last four or five years where they've both kind of, you know, risen up the ladder to be able to contest, you know, games like this. So it's one for the ages. You know, I, I just think that we don't care about north, south or east this this weekend. You know, it's all about, <laughs> it's all about the Golden West. 
<laughs> Often we speak in rugby league folklore about the dragons of the 50s and 60s and the Parramatta Eels of the 80s, my goodness. 81, 82, 83, 86. What, what made you guys so good? Well, the big advantage there, MG, as you would know better than anybody, is that you probably didn't pay for your success as much as you do these days because there was no salary cap. So we were able to keep the nucleus of the team together through those years. Now, you win a competition these days or you do well for a couple of years. Um, you know, already what uh, Kikau and Coruscant have gone, yep. uh, Papalihi um, and, and others, uh, Neokore, these guys, you know, the club aren't able to keep them. So it was easier to, to have longer-term success back in those days because mm. you weren't restricted by the salary cap um, as you are these days. You know, you develop a player now, from a $100,000 player to a $500,000 player and, you know, you can't stand in their way if they get an offer to go elsewhere when it's sort of that substantial. So, um, yeah, we had a wonderful side. You know, to, to win premierships, you have to have the balance right um, and we had some really experienced old hard heads who were, were wonderful leaders, you know, guys like, like Edge and, and Price and Cronin and O'Reilly, but we had these great youngsters coming through who were... Uh, you know, it was something a little bit out of the box at the same time with your Kenny and your, your Ella, uh, Growth, Hunt, these kind of players. Um, but you need leaders in there. And, and, you know, to me, Ray Price was the heart and soul of, of that side. Steve Edge was a wonderful skipper. But Ray was one of those kind of players that if you looked over in the sheds when you're getting changed, and, and I know if I saw him there, it was kind of like a safety blanket, like, yeah, it'll be okay. Um, but it takes a lot to win a, a, a premiership. Um Harder these days because of keeping that, you know, that group together, and that's why Penrith have been so so impressive the last couple of years because, you know, they've been able to do that. And I think if they do have an advantage, it's is maybe handling this week because they've been through it before. Uh, this is a wonderful, wonderful week, but you know, sometimes you can, the excitement can sort of be a bit draining. You can lose a little bit of focus. So I just hope that Parramatta, and I'm sure Brad Arthur is, you know, very level-headed, will have, you know, had a he has, won't have changed much this week, but it's it's hard to avoid all of the excitement going on around you. Um, so I hope that they just, you know, have had a, a really good week and they're ready to go, um, you know, quarter to eight come Sunday night. Just quickly on Brad Arthur, the, this is a guy who, I mean, he's actually he's been coached since 2014. It, it feels like since he accepted the job, his position's been in, under question. <laughs> I, I can't remember a coach being under more pressure from a year-to-year basis than Brad Arthur. I mean, not to jump ahead, but could, did you ever think Brad Arthur would be the coach that would, with every all the speculation about his career, would be the coach to potentially lead Parramatta to its next premiership, Sterling? Well, I'd always hoped so. And I, I think, mm. you know, what what gave a lot of credibility to that was to how far he's brought them. Like, we, we I wouldn't say won a, a wooden spoon, you don't win them. Uh, we were burdened by the wooden spoon not that long ago, like, you know, four or five years ago. And we keep saying, you know, it is it is so difficult in the NRL to take a team from 16th to 6th. Now, he did that. But then the harder task is to go from 6th to 1st. And, you know, that's what we've been trying to achieve the last couple of years. So... Uh, you know, it, it's hard to be critical of what he's done because he started at the bottom and people will say, well, the only way is up. It is, but it's a long way <laughs> to go up. Um, and he's, you know, he's been the main part of that journey. Um, you know, he's got a quality squad there. Um, at their best, they've played some, some great football, probably been a little bit too much of a variation between their best and their worst. 
but he's got them peaking at the right time this year, and yeah, that's all we're worried about. Parramatta players this week, they've just got to, well, both sides really, you just go out in a grand final and you treat it as though it's the last ever game you're going to play. You just leave nothing in the kit bag, and that's got to be the mentality, and I'm sure that that's what Brad Arthur and Ivan Cleary are drilling into their players, that this is an opportunity, it's a rare one, they don't present themselves often, um, don't, let it, don't let it slip by. There's that goosebump moment, MG. Oh, yeah. There's that. There's that yeah, little bumper. Now, um, <laughs> Sterlo, before we let you go, as you stare out over the uh, aqua blue water of the, the Cook Pacific, Islands, mate, yes. the Pacific. Pacific yes, thank mate, you. Yeah. Don't try and get I too wasn't, cute. I wasn't sure which way you were facing. You know, it depends which way you're facing. Um, as you stare out of the aqua blue ocean of the Pacific, we need a prediction. We need a score line. We need a and we need a, a Clive, Clive Churchill, Churchill medalist. Well, if Parramatta are to win it needs to be on their defence. If, if they can keep the Panthers to 12 points, which mm. is a big ask, um, Parramatta can score 13. Um, so I, I, I'm obviously, my, my heart and, and my head to a large degree say that Parramatta can, can win this. Um, if they do, it'll be on the back of, I'll put more pressure on him, unfortunately, but uh, I think Mitchell Moses is the key for them. Um, his battle with young Nathan Cleary will be, oh. will be one to watch. Um, but for Parramatta to win, um, you, you know, they, they need defensively they need to be at their very best. And I thought the last 10 minutes against the Cowboys last week was a was an ideal springboard to go into this week. Oh. Sterlo, brother, congratulations on your beautiful career with the Parramatta Eels. Um, your Parramatta Eels are about to go into a, a massive pressure cooker on Sunday night. And to hear your voice back on the radio, it gives me goosebumps. We miss you at Triple M, mate. We love you a lot. And we miss you. Thanks, Take guys. it easy when you come back, thanks, brother. Thanks, guys. And, and get those lotto numbers to me. Thank you. I will, buddy. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> what an absolute thrill to have that man wow. across to us live from the middle of the Pacific. What a, I mean, that's life, isn't <laughs> I, it? You know, you I dominate. Tried to write that, I tried to write that down. down it's a Taki. And I've got I O K E T A. It's like, Sterling, you've got to use a consonant, mate. This is nothing come but on. vowels so far. <laughs> Uh, oh, he, oh, yeah, what? what he sounds good, doesn't he? Sounds great. Doesn't he sound good? Yeah, he's in that a good is, spot. That is living. That That's is living. living. Must be nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, look, Sterlo, what a privilege. Great to hear that he will be at the game oh, on wow. Sunday. No doubt the NRL will, will be finding a way to, to involve him pre-game, post-game, presenting the trophy. I don't know what they're planning, but he, he should be and will be involved. We are going to join, be joined by Stephen Crichton in Panthers camp very shortly, MG. But I just want to talk about the Panthers for a moment because everyone's banged on about how this is Parramatta's window. This is yeah. because Reed Marnie's going to the dogs. Um, you got Isaiah Papali, he meant potentially going to the West Tigers, although that's still up in the air somewhat. Everyone is saying this is the time now for Parramatta. But the same, uh, it's not quite as extreme, but the Panthers do say goodbye to some very influential figures both on and off the field. Obviously, Viliami Kikau, probably the most notable on his way to the Dogs next year. Appy yep. Coruscant's headed to the Tigers and Cam Serraldo also leaving the assistance chair. That's a massive trio. Coruscant's performances this year, oh, the Tigers must be sitting back going, come on, please hurry up and get here because mm. he's, he's in career best form and Kikau's likewise. I mean, he's, I think the fact that he's going to a, a club that has Cam Serraldo with him with him is going to make him feel a lot more comfortable. And if I'm a Bulldogs fan, I'm getting really, really excited. Look, I think that the nature of the beast is that when you win comps, when you have players like Penrith have seven or eight origin players per year, you can't keep them all. 
Yeah. You can't keep them. Why, Sterlo just said, like, it's... It, they had no salary cap back then. They were getting, you know, they were getting paid by poker machine money and and whatever. <laughs> I heard Gibson signed Sterlo to a lifetime deal. Basically, they stitched him up and said, "Yep." Yeah, yeah. We should have asked him then, but um, <laughs> it's he wouldn't have told us. No, um, no, no. Of course, he, well, that was part of the contract. I, but this, the fact is that okay, Penrith, um, the first team since 1982, um, when uh, we started looking at these type of games, which was SG Ball. Jersey flag, mm-hmm. New South Wales Cup, um, and now they're going for the first grade. No one's ever done that in the hundred and something years of rugby league. No one's ever done the whole lot. Penrith are in line to make some serious history. At the moment, they're equal with Balmain, who done this uh, in 1982. So, yeah, there's a lot. Of, there's a lot at stake. There's a lot of angles in this, in this grand final. There's a lot of ways you can look at it and go. You know, have Penrith got motivation? You betcha, they've got motivation. You betcha. They've as we you know. They are playing for the first time on their in their hometown with their home fans in in basically a grand final since two thousand three, because this is the first unaffected COVID season we've had, and they'll be out in full force. And you know what? So are Parramatta fans, I expect to be a lot of Parramatta fans on Sunday night as well. Most people will say this season's already a pass for Parramatta. In fact, they would argue it's a success because they've made it to I a think grand so. final. I, I think so. I think it is. What about the Panthers? If they lose on Sunday, oh, it's still a success. You went, you make a grand final. The, the, the two teams that make the grand final have had a successful season, no matter which way you look at it. Um, I, I, I just think the only thing that would be changing with Penrith if they lose it is they won't go in that rare air with the other teams that have done it recently, like the Roosters of what, the, seventeen eighteen, and and even the Storm uh, <laughs> for the past two decades. Yeah, I think they've got to win that to put themselves in the same bracket as Melbourne and the Roosters from, from yesteryear. But oh, as for the window, man, this window is forever open. It's for the, as long as Nathan Cleary's there and healthy. He's got he's, he'll, he's just the ensemble that he needs. Tomorrow on, on my breaky show, I'm doing the five best players that have ever played for Penrith. I did today, I did the five best players that have played for the Eels, and um, I had still at number one. I've got Brandy at number one for Penrith, but I'll tell you mm-hmm. what, Nathan Cleary's up the ladder with a bullet. He, he's up that ladder with a bullet. The way wow. he's playing, the way the way he, he's you know he's played Origin ten or twelve games of Origin. He's won a comp. If he wins this one on Sunday, he's in rare air. And he's twenty four. He's twenty four. He he's, he's, he, he's the one who'll take over from Cameron Smith's record. There he's got go. another he's decade first. ahead of him. He, he'll, he's take, got he'll, another... he'll break all Cam Smith's records. You you think he's the he's the bloke he's that the can one. push Cam Smith's records? He's, he's the one. This will be first grade game. I think one hundred and thirty seven this weekend. Yep. He's played 13 times for New South Wales. Yep. So you, he probably goes past uh, the record for most games played for New South Wales as well. Yep. Jeez, what a career ahead of him. And as you Points. say, most importantly, he's got a chance to become a two-time premiership player this weekend. At 24. MG, we celebrated the glory years of the Eels a bit pr- uh, earlier with Sturlow. It's only fair that we, we bring ourselves back into the present day and we go deep into Panther territory. We go inside the Panther camp with a bloke who, frankly, has the ability to take this game away from the Eels on Sunday. He's that dynamic. Stephen Crichton from the Panthers. How are you, Critter? Up to you, boys. Uh, all good. Thanks for having me. Oh, thank you for joining us, mate. Uh, well, you know, it's a hectic week for you guys. You had an open session this morning at uh, Bluebet Stadium. How was that in front of the fans? No, yeah, it was a heaps good. Eh? Um, a lot of people turned out, and um, yeah, it's a massive, 
um, thing for us as well, just seeing um, all the community come together and uh, watch us train, and uh, the boys love the day. So good to see a few of them after training, but um, yeah, it'll be good to see uh, all of them at the game as well. I suppose it must feel a little bit surreal. Um, the last couple of years you've been in grand finals, um, COVID has been affected. It uh, Last year you basically were a 1,000 kilometres away up at north and, and you really didn't get the sense of what was going on in Penrith. And to tell you the truth, not much was going on because we couldn't <laughs> do anything. But now it's different. Now now one's allowed out. Now the fans are around the streets. You can just feel the energy bursting from within, within can't you? Yeah, 100%. Um, even talking to my parents, my parents were here um, and they were just talking to me early on in the week um, about... It was pretty quiet last year uh, during COVID and that. Um, but, yeah, now everyone's out and buzzing, so it's good to be finally back home and uh, play this uh, massive game um, in front of our fans as well. Uh, Stephen, have we put a call into the bunker? Have you had a word with them about not giving you the try last week? <laughs> yeah, nah, nah, it's all good. Eh? Everything happens for a reason, but, um, yeah, nah, it's all good. <laughs> it's, it doesn't matter now. You're into the final, That you're into the game that matters most. You just mentioned your mum and dad. That That's something that... It comes across so strongly the, about the togetherness of this group. We've talked about the Panthers Academy. We talked about, I mean, the first potentially the first club in the history of the game to win all four grades. Uh, it, it, that's what presents itself this Sunday. But it strikes me that the family aspect in your parents and 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 you know the other t- the Jerome Lua and Brian Toto, the, the close knitness is such a big part of what this team is achieving at the moment. Yeah, hundred um, percent. I think it just comes back down to our, our training and. Um, yeah, this is the closest group um, I've ever been been with, and um, I think I've come at the right time and at the right age as well. So I've been really lucky to fall into a team like this where everyone's so tight, and um, even the coaching staff uh, with everything that they do. But yeah, just really grateful, man. And yeah, just with parents, yeah, it's just it's always been the same. It's always um, family first, and I think it just um, yeah um, falls back down to when we come to training, just. Um, having a happy life at home just brings it um, into training as well. So, yeah, it's been good. You've given me a couple of goosebumps in this chat <laughs> so far. And I, I love I love what I'm hearing. Um, I'll tell you, Liam and our listeners, to, to tell you a little bit about the culture that happens at Penrith. And it's very hard to manufacture culture. It has to come from within. But on the last Sunday, I was at um, Combank Stadium watching Jersey Flag, and the, the first grade boys were on their way down in the bus to watch uh, New South Wales Cup. While they were on their way down, they had their phones out, or I think uh, I think Tiny did. Um, Taylor May had his phone out, and all the boys were around watching the Jersey Flag boys and cheering them on. And to me, I was watching that going, what a what a, a club, what 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 vibe they have, what respect they have for each other, and it, it's it shows on the field, critter. I mean, you guys are a really close knit community, and it must be a lot easier to go to training when you're going with blokes you love. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, I think it just all comes back to like preseason and that. A lot of those young boys um came up and trained with us, so like um seeing them succeed when they go back down and um those those guys are the future as well. So it's good like building building relationships with them now and um it just makes it easier when they come up and play great and things like that. But um yeah, like you said, it just makes training so much easier to come in and um having that um team culture that we've um built here as well, um, which is really exciting as well. Hey, Critter, I'm just going to read your list, mate, and I just wanted to – I'm going to give you the option before Sunday to take any one of these players at fullback. James Sedesco, Latrell Mitchell, Clint Gutherson, Tom Trebojevic, Ryan Pappenhausen, Caelan Ponga. Something tells me you wouldn't swap your number one for any of those blokes. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, I wouldn't, eh? But no he's, Dylan Edwards is just – honestly, he's this is – for a bloke that that probably – might not ever make a rep side because of those names I just listed. And yet I, I think to a man, 
in your team and to a citizen of Penrith, a resident of Penrith, I don't reckon you'd have a single person. This What this guy provides to your team is is just otherworldly. It's incredible. Yeah, 100%. Um, I think no one, no one really sees the hard work that Dill puts in. Um, um, if you come watch our pre-season, um, everyone comes in a bit rusty and um, Dylan's always right at the front, um, even breaking breaking the club records of um, the fittest player in the club and he's beating his own records too. So um, it definitely comes down to the pre-season and how he um, looks after his how he looks after his body um, in and around the week and it just shows how he plays as well. So uh, massive credit to him. He doesn't really get the credit, like you guys said, um, that he that he um, deserves, but um, he definitely knows how, much, um, how valuable he is um, to our team. Mate, as you are as well, um, you're a very humble man. We love uh, the fact that you've spent some time with us today in a, in a very busy week. Um, enjoy the process, go on and, and have fun, and everything else will take care of itself. Nah, sweet as, man. Thank you so much for having me, guys. Hopefully I uh, get to see you guys soon. Do you know, I still remember MG on the rush hour however many years ago when you named him, when you when you anointed him, like at the, before the season had started, you, you announced to the rugby league community, Stephen Crichton, remember the name. And now he look was, at the kid. Yeah, he's he. It's a it's a fascinating story because he played like third and fourth division for St Clair as a youngster, and he didn't really come of age until fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, and yeah. then all of a sudden he went from basically went from juniors to to first grade, and he seemed to do it overnight. And the first time I seen him come on, he scored with the first touch of his ball, the first touch of a of a ball, and, and he was just electric. He's a good. He's a good kid, and he's a fantastic rugby league player. And he's just turned 20, 22. Wow. He has just turned 22. I mean, we talked about Nathan Cleary only being 24 years of age. Dylan Edwards wow. is only 26. And yeah. Stephen Crichton is oldest, just... He's the oldest in the back line. Uh, he, well, with Coruscant leaving, he, he probably is one of the oldest in the team now at the age of 26. So... Uh, it's a, I mean, you talk about a premiership window, and you mentioned it, MJ. This isn't a premiership window. This is a premiership door. This is this yeah. is the this is the fancy is, no, it's a, it's French bifolds doors. It's a shutter. It's a shutter, <laughs> and they've lost the remote, and it's stuck open. Yeah, it's stuck open. <laughs> <laughs> Righto. This is what we've all been waiting for. We've saved okay. it. We haven't done one of these for a while. For anybody in doubt over, as to who wins this Sunday, there is one definitive way to determine who wins any game of football. And it is with MG's patented paper test. MG, remind everybody how this works. Yes, in my younger years, I would sit on the hill at Cumberland Oval with the big league and I would open it up and I would go down and look at both teams and I would put a tick next to the player who I thought um, out of the positions would be the best player on the, on the day. And um, it's 75% foolproof. <laughs> 95% of the time it works every time. <laughs> That's the one. <laughs> this is it. It's player v player. You add the votes up at the end, and that tells you who wins this game. Let's start at fullback. Dylan Edwards, Clint Gutherson. <laughs> My goodness. Now, and to remind both, people, MG can split. It can be a split. Yeah, both so important for their team. Oh, first split. I've got a split already. Yep. Wow. That's a, that's a split. He's splitting on the get-go. All right. Okay, uh, Charles- I think Dylan Edwards is in better form, but I think Gutho is – more important to his mm-hmm. team, if that makes sense. No, it makes perfect sense. Now, at time of recording, MG, we don't have the official team list in, but this is working on inside knowledge that you and I both have on the teams. Charlie Staines, Mike Sivo. Yeah, um, Sivo. Will Penasini, Isaac oh, Tago. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Both basically a mirror image of each other, <laughs> I reckon. I reckon they're identical players. They're both so so young and so gifted. Split. 
split, another split, early stages. Wow. Stephen Crichton, mm. Bailey Simonson. Yeah, with again, we're assuming that Upacek won't pass a fitness test with that hamstring. Uh, Got to go Crichton. Yep, I think that's fair enough. Righto. Then we get to the other wing. Uh, uh-huh. Wagon Blake, Brian Do'o. Uh, the the human wrecking ball, the human the human pool table with legs. Damien Cook will never want to see a replay of that try again from the other no. week. Like, no. well, neither will Cody Walker. No. I think the other player might have been Latrell Mitchell that he skittled in the process. You know, I, think, but it was... I, I think Campbell Graham won't be too keen to look at it either. <laughs> oh, jeez. So, in fact, South Sydney, don't watch Brian Tuttle's try. No. <laughs> Please don't watch it. South Sydney have um, burnt that he gets, he gets, Brian Tuttle gets two ticks. Two ticks. Jerome Luai, Dylan Brown. Ooh, wow. This is where, when we get into these halves, this is where, as Peter Sterling told us, this could be where the game is decided. Split. We, we haven't even finished the backs, and we've already got three splits. And then we get Cleary v. Moses. A lot, a lot of people think this is where the game is decided. Cleary. Just, I would imagine. Yeah, of course. Right. Regan Campbell-Gillard, Moses Leota. Campbell-Gillard. Appy Coruscant, Reid Marnie. Appy. Just quickly on Reid Marnie, he looks like he has grown. He's become twice as thick as he as I remember yeah, him being. Yeah, he has. He's, he's, he looks like he's done a lot of weights. Yeah, really thickened up through the torso. That's why he's doing so many uh, tackles a game. Oh, he's just he's a he's turned himself into a real powerful athlete. James Fisher Harris Junior Barlow. Oh, split. Wow, the splits might win this. And what happens if the splits win? Does that mean it's a tie? Yeah, maybe. Maybe it's an easy way for me to get out and not predict who's going to win. There you go. Uh, I like this one too. Viliami Kikau, Sean Lane. Hasn't Sean Lane rocketed up this season? He has, but Kikau has been doing it all year. And Kikau gets my tick. Isaiah Papali'i, Liam Martin. Papali'i. Isaiah Yo, Ryan Madison. Isaiah Yo. Best lock in the game. Yep. And then we get to the benches. Now, uh, as I said, at time of recording, we don't have definitive benches, but working on the inside knowledge that we have, Nathan Brown. I don't know if you call it a fairy tale story, but it certainly could be a big story of redemption set to be included on Parramatta's bench. Nathan Brown, uh, Jake Arthur, Oregon Kafusi, and Murata Niakora. Yeah, um, as you say, we don't know exactly what will be the case. Uh, that means Bryce Cartwright could miss out um, up against Kenny Sorensen, Lenu. And Salmon. Well, Spencer Lenu is a wrecking ball. Kenny will start the game, I would imagine, and Appy will come off the bench again like they have done in the past month or so. Um, and Sorensen's, yeah, if I, I'll give one tick to the bench of Penrith. Penrith gets a tick for the bench. It's only one point under the patented paper test for the benches, which when we add everything up, we have the Penrith Panthers winning seven to three with four splits. Okay. Yeah. It's quite uh, definitive. I, I, yeah. I th- I, look, uh, on paper, it has to be. On paper, this is, this, I think they've won 66 of 77 games in three years. They've lost 11 games. This, they've got to be paid their due respects. Parramatta, but on the other hand, have shown in the last couple of weeks in, in particular, as Sterlow said, against Canberra and against the Cowboys, that they're in for the fight. Mm-hmm. And I like that. I think they're coming to play. I think the start of this game is, is going to be like the Origin 3. Don't you dare miss it. Don't you dare walk away and get get a drink from the fridge. Don't you dare grab some popcorn from the cupboard because the opening three minutes of this game is going to be Origin-esque, if not better. If not better. 
Yeah, that we, all is... the, we, we all love the South Sydney Roosters game of late in the last finals. This one will top them all. Sterlo got me got me going with the goosebumps. Stephen Crichton peaked them, and you've just turned me into a what, like packing <laughs> tape. What's the stuff with all the bubbles over it? That's what my skin is after off the back of that MG. Um, oh, right, give so us. You, we need a tip and a, and a Clive Churchill from you as well. Sterlo backing in Mitchell <sighs> Moses um, with the Eels to get the win. Who are you going? Um, I'm going Penrith twenty six, uh, Parramatta sixteen, and I think. It's going to be one of the captains who get me out of the match, either Nathan Cleary or Isaiah, and I'm leaning towards Nathan Cleary. Nice work. Um, I thought it's worth, I think your mob get it done, MG. I think the Panthers are just going to be, I think if the best version of the Eels turn up, they're a chance, but if the best version of the Panthers turn up, yeah. I think this 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 goes pretty pretty one way. Uh, I actually think Happy Coruscant might be the man that does yeah. the damage as the Clive Churchill if he gets into the mix early enough. Um, obviously, we'll see how that works out. But, geez, he's he's in some form, and I think he'd love to go out on a high in his final game as a Penrith Panther. Now, before we – and not to pay it lip service, but we should talk about the fact that we will have a first-time NRLW champion as well with yes. the Parramatta Eels set to take on the Newcastle Knights. Um, it's, talk about fairy tale stories. Parramatta wow. Eels couldn't win a game. They shocked the world. They were they were nowhere to be seen, and all of a sudden they 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 scraped into the finals and won that, and they beat the high flying Roosters last week, and they've done it quite easily, to be honest, mm. without their best player as well. So, but on the other hand, they're facing a team that I think are very hard to beat with with uh, Upton and, and Millie Boyle up there at Newcastle. She scored one of the best tries I've seen oh. last week in the NRLW. They're going to be hard to stop. Newcastle and- will win that. And this young Jesse Southwell, this teenage phenom that's been personally guided by one Joey Johns. Um, yeah, there's something a bit, there's a little bit of destiny about this Newcastle Knights side. But that will be on on the menu on Sunday as well at Acor Stadium. Fantastic game. That if if you are going out to the game, get there to see this game in full because the standard of the NRLW continues to rise. And we will see a, a team crown champions for the first time. Knights and Eels both into the grand final for the very first time. All right, MG. And, and, and don't forget before, before that, there'd be the Panthers up against North Dell. No, is it North Dell? Oh, now is Mav playing? Mav, I'm not sure. He's, he okay. might be on the bench or he might be on an extended bench or something. Okay. But, yeah, they won last week in Fleg and uh, in, in a nail-biter against the Knights. They were down 18-6 with 12 – or no, with seven minutes to go when they mm. scored two late tries and then they went into Golden Point. So, good <laughs> good win for the young kids. So, hopefully – <clears throat> Just quickly, I should ask you: Where are you in? Are you behind glass at Sunday's game? Have you got some some speaking? Um, are you picking I up some envelopes? Behind, I am behind my compound gate, <gasps> and it gets closed for three days. You come in, you don't leave. <laughs> You're until not going Monday. to the game. You come Saturday. You have a race day. We have a few drinks. We get up. We get have a few more drinks. We put the big screen up, the big five-meter screen that I've got coming to the house. Mm-hmm. We have a few beers before the game, then we watch the game, and then you go home Monday with the tail between your legs. <laughs> You're the fire pit just rolling the whole time? Well, yeah, maybe the pool, if it's wherever it's Pull the pool. Pull the pool. <laughs> so, oh, wow. So the compound's going to be at, yeah. uh, at DEFCON 5 40, on the weekend. 40 people are turning up, and it's going to be oh epic. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Spare a thought. Spare a thought for MG's neighbours. Any, right, any, 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 any of my neighbours listening, um, it's only for one day. Yeah. So you, cut me you're not smoke. invited. Just deal yeah, with it. <laughs> just deal with it, okay? It's not that loud. There it is. The grand final is upon us. What a season it has been, MG. Here is hoping that we get a game worthy of the year. Um, you got Western Sydney 
going head-to-head. Western Sydney will be at war with itself this Sunday, and I can't wait. I think we will, buddy. Thanks for a great year. We'll talk again next week. Uh, We'll be back next week to wrap it all up. Our last episode for the year next week, we'll do a full breakdown of the grand final. Panthers taking on the Eels. Going to be an absolute cracker. Enjoy. Triple M rocks the NRL 24-7 through the Triple M app. Thanks to Ream. Steady, hot and strong. Install a Ream.